politics without the soap opera with unfiltered constitutional conservative truth. The Conservative Review with Daniel Horowitz. And welcome back, fellow American patriots and Miniman standing at the ready to fight anew every issue that matters on this brand new week here at CR Podcast, Blaze Media. This is your host, Daniel Horowitz, back here today on Monday. And it's the same issues we always have. Biomedical security, Green New Deal, trannyism, transhumanism, the border, crime, political targeting, all of it needs to be redressed. But it's not. It's a new week, and there's no resolve. We thought that the resolve to do something would be motivated by the targeting of the anointed one, because Trump is all that matters. All right, fine. At least that will serve as the impetus for a government shutdown fight over the budget. No. I'm the only one calling for that. So you know what? I am not going to join my colleagues and spend the remainder of the week talking about Trump, because You're not serious. If you are not pushing a budget fight right now over DOJ, FBI funding, and instead it's just, oh, Trump needs to be present, you're not serious. Because we can't wait until 2025. We can't wait until 2025 on all these other aforementioned issues. And moreover, Trump himself will not be the answer to that. You are playing into the hands of the very people and the motivation of the people pushing this in that they want to elevate Trump to the nomination so they could defeat him in the general. And the polling data shows that they're getting exactly what they want. Republicans are rallying around him uh, after the indictment, but he's mud, whether you know justified or not, among independents. That is the reality, and it brings out the broader point of today. If we're going to fight, I'd rather fight and win than fight and lose. Moreover, if we're going to fight, I'd rather fight on our own hill rather than another hill. So I'd rather make the fight over substance rather than someone hanging around with a porn star or someone grabbing documents to brag to, uh, to, to his friends. And again, it is politically targeted. It is unequal. What Biden did with Burisma, the $5 million for him and, and then a $5 million for Hunter, is much worse. What they're doing to our country is much worse. I don't care even if Trump did break the law relative to everything else they did to shred the Constitution. And again, like I said, generally speaking, unless one or two of the things in the indictment are true, it wouldn't break the law anyway. I don't care. And I think the majority of Republican voters feel the same same way. That's where we are. But again, it is true at the same time that it just reveals someone who is just so narcissistic, someone who is so undisciplined. And yes, they're going to attack DeSantis. They're going to attack anyone else. They're going to make up things about them. They're going to spy on them. They're going to target them. But can we actually at least have that fight over something of substance. That's the lesson we need to take out. And the independent voters do respond to something that is more substantive, the left attacking us in substance, versus something where, yeah, Trump kind of is a douchebag on that. It's just the other guy's a bigger douchebag. Yeah, we know that. But unfortunately, that's how it rolls with independent voters. So that's more or less what I have to say on that. But we'll delve into that a little bit more and many, many other issues we're not going to hear elsewhere, but we should this week. 
our first, our sponsor today. You know, I always hate shaving because I get these bubbles on my face, I get these pimples on my face, then I gotta go do TV and it's really annoying. Um, one of the new products from our friends at QP Goat Soap is shaving soap. So I'm gonna try that today. A lot of people face problems with inflammation on their skin. I have this a lot where your skin is sensitive to the junky soap, just like it's sensitive to junk food that goes in your body, because ultimately soap does go in your body as well. So at qpgoatsoap.com, with promo code Daniel for 10% off, you have a full array of goat soap with the best scent, uh, the healthiest for your body of all the soap out there, and they share our values, a Christian homeschooling family the product is created by a 16-year-old Quinn Pittman. They have new scents, new products out. Um, you could still, if you order now for Father's Day, it's often hard to find a Father's Day gift. So their shaving soap is, a, is really a good one. They also have laundry soap, another great product. Um, use one scoop in your washing machine, and you will wear Quinn Pittman's goat milk soap, soap all day. Uh, again, that's another way I, I used to get... Um, rashes on my skin from laundry detergent as well so they got you covered all sorts of scents they have tropical coconut for the summer they got lime sublime raspberry lime cedarwood lime um all this stuff is is terrific and you could easily get a full year's supply of soap for pretty cheap and especially if you use promo code daniel 10 percent off again so go to qpgoatsoap.com ahead of Father's Day with promo code Daniel. Zachariah, 3-7. My youngest son is named Zachariah. God said to Joshua the high priest, not to be mixed up with the Joshua and Moses' day, so said the Lord of hosts, if you walk in my ways, and if you keep my charge, you too shall judge my house, and you too shall guard my courtyards, and I will give you free access among those who stand by. I will give you a path to growth among those standing idly. And that's where we are. We are among a bunch of people that just sit or stand idly and don't do anything about, including the things that they claim to want to do something about. We listed about six, seven existential threats. Again, they are the political targeting the biomedical security state and surveillance state, the border, crime, the Green New Deal, the trannyism. There's a couple more. Each one alone could kill economy, society, civilization. And what are we doing about it? So again, you read the indictment, and the only thing that would even, that, that in my mind is a problem, legally, is if he gave this information to other people, for a president to take it for himself, whether you like it or not, while he's president, I don't care whether he declassified it or not, the president could take what he wants. Now, with that said, it doesn't look good. Now, what we know is they made up the Russian hoax. We know that they're not covering anything Biden did. So, you know, you go to AP News, Yahoo News, read the indictment, but no one's saying read the FBI document whistleblower document on biden's personal bribe no one's reading that 
So this is all true. There's multiple things true at the same time. But at the end of the day, what I think we all know is true, the same thing with the strippers. I don't think anyone doubts that Trump did it. The point is there's no legal issue with campaign finance with that. And it's political targeting, unequal treatment. It's all true. But what's clear is that what Trump does, there is no greater good in mind, okay? It was literally to brag and brag to the media. So it's the personal flaws, the lack of discipline. See, in Reagan's day, it was like Iran-Contra was the big scandal, and that was for the greater, I mean, that was for fighting communism. It's funny, there's a, there's a couple of radical leftist sheriffs in Democrat counties in Texas and Gavin Newsom, they're threatening to bring up kidnapping charges against DeSantis for flying illegals out of the state. And obviously nothing is going to come of that, but what I'm trying to say is, that's the sort of scandal I'd love, to, I'd relish to fight the left over. If we're going to so-called break laws, which of course he didn't, but I'm just saying the accusations over something that's worthy. But this stuff is over stupidity. Again, of course, I don't care, even if he did show it to other people. Comey already decided in Hillary's day that willfully mishandling classified information and then leaving it open to exposure, including by hostile actors, was not a crime. Okay? So, and she wasn't president when she did that. She was secretary of state, which is different. So I get that. I'm not going to play this one-sided game anymore. Oh, this is illegal. No, I'm not going to allow them to break the Constitution a hundred times over, both in terms of personal scandals and in terms of policy governance, break the social compact, and then I'm going to strictly apply an archaic law to Trump. Screw you. I'm not going to play that game. That is true. But it is also true that I don't think any of you could deny the fact that he just doesn't look good with any of this stuff. And the reality is the left is getting what they want. Where on the one hand, they endear him to the base. CBS poll shows 61% of Republican voters say that the indictment won't change their views of him. 76% say it's politically motivated. And 80% say that Trump should be able to be president even if convicted over classified documents. Which I, I think we all agree with. Because we, we just don't care anymore. I'm, I'm not going to play this double game. And I think that's true. But at the same time, the ABC News poll shows that the percentage of independents who believe Trump's charges are serious rose from 54% to 63% in their poll over the weekend since two months ago. In other words, this is exactly what they want. So the people that either shut this down for the better good and get in someone who will actually be disciplined and fight this, or if you're just going to be Trump, 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 Trump all day, aimlessly, with no immediate solution, but also to elevate him to the nomination, you're playing into their demands. Because the bottom line is, if you're worried about him going to jail, the only solution is for a Republican to win. And it's going to be awfully hard for him to, to win with those numbers. The reality is the media will cover up Democrat scandals 10 times worse and they'll accentuate everything with Trump.
but he doesn't help with his behavior, right? That is what has come out from this and many other issues. I'll just give you like a minor, minor example. It doesn't matter in the scheme of anything. But over the weekend, so um, Kevin Stitt, the Oklahoma governor, endorsed DeSantis. Now, I, I, I hate that governor, but it's a coup for him to get at least some establishment support. I can't stand Kevin Stitt. I've, you know, raised awareness about him like every other GOP governor for, uh, for years. But Trump responds by saying, he says something like, I won all 76 districts in Oklahoma, the first to ever do that. Now, I'm assuming by 76 districts, he means the 77 counties. I don't know why he calls it districts, but, you know, low IQ, 77 counties in Oklahoma. Again, this is a minor thing, doesn't matter. But the point is, this is a demonstrably false and verifiable statement. In fact, Republicans have won every county in Oklahoma for every presidential election, 2004, 2008, and 2012. So the last time Democrats won was before the full realignment of Blue Dog Democrats when Al Gore picked off a couple of counties in the southeast there. So literally three other Republican candidates before him won every county. But this is the sort of thing, just just stupid things, made up things, no discipline, shoots off his mouth, does stupid things for his ego. You know, they're borderline, they don't make him look good, but the media obviously you know targets him with that. Do we really need more years of this? And, and, and it would be one thing if he's amazing on policy, but he's not. So isn't it our prerogative to at least die on our own hills? If you're going to have a scandal, have it like, I don't know, doing illegal things to crush the biomedical security state, trannyism, the border, all that stuff. But that's not what it's about. It's not like Trump pushes the envelope for you and me. No, it, it's it's for himself. So on the one end, I'm not going to play this game of, oh, I'm going to throw him under the bus on this issue because, oh, I want to be intellectually honest. Because that's not being intellectually honest. When you have on the same day the Biden bribery scandal in Ukraine which ties into why we're shoveling $150 billion there, depleting our weapon systems for nothing. But on the other hand, I'm not going to say, oh, because he's a victim of targeting, I'm just going to ignore the fact that he is so undisciplined, so self-centered, sucks on half our issues, is terrible on policy and personnel, so he must be president. No, the political targeting must come to an end. But the way to do that is certainly not elevating him because A, he won't do it. B, he had his chance. C, he will almost for sure lose a general election. So no, I'm not going to fall into the trap that the left is setting where they want to elevate him. Because again, all these issues, it makes him a martyr. It makes him more endeared to the GOP voters. But it makes him even more hated by the independent voters. Now, the independent voters are stupid for ignoring Biden stuff. But it is also true that if you're going to fight for our country, you're going to fight on the issues and you're going to fight for the swing voters to win a national election, you got to put your best foot forward. Die on your own hill, on your own issues. But what Trump does is elevate stupidity and a lack of discipline and often things that really 
aren't appropriate, again, they might not be illegal and might not warrant this prosecution, and the left and Biden does 10, 10 times worse, but I'd rather fight with, with a guy that's not going to do that and be good on our issues. And I don't just mean DeSantis. I mean every day before the presidential election. Things like in Congress. And I want to start with there today, kind of go round robin on the issues that matter and the way they matter at the time they matter. First, our other sponsor today is our friends at jacemedical.com. I don't know if I have time to get to it, but they are consolidating with the international health regulations of the WHO. They want to make sure that among the many things they want to synergize, vaccine passports, mandates, they also want to synergize supply chains. It's no accident that there is a long-term supply shortage of two-thirds of the FDA's critical medications. Now, look, holistically, a lot of people shouldn't be on these things. But once you are, you are dependent on them until you have a better avenue and a better doctor to deal with it. From blood pressure to heart health to diabetes to mental health, a lot of people rely on long-term medications that are now in shortage. Jace Medical has what's called Jace Daily. So they're willing to back up a 12-month supply of your existing prescriptions. Uh, We've had great feedback from people, just 10 minutes online survey, so the doctors could fill out a valid prescription, knowing that there's, you know, it's safe, there's no contraindications. And you have for, you know, usually a couple hundred dollars, you can get four or five uh, genres of yearly supplies for your medications. So it's not just the antibiotics for the Jace case, but the Jace daily backing up all of your medications, 12-month supply at jasemedical.com. That's jasemedical.com. Enter code REVIEW at checkout for a discount. So, folks, as we're calling for this defund battle over the political targeting, I am the only one in the country who laid out the exact leverage point, the exact messaging, and the exact strategies and issues that we should use. We have less than three months. We have about two and a half months until the September 30th midnight deadline for fiscal year 2024 funding. And I've already laid out what that battle should look like. And I think DeSantis needs to talk about this. Trump needs to talk about this. Where we need to orient our views in the must-pass legislation. So So the problem is McCarthy demonstrated in the debt ceiling deal, that he is terrified of brinkmanship. Now, as of this recording, midday Monday, there has not yet been a resolution between the Freedom Caucus rebels and McCarthy. Last week, they decided they were going to vote against the rule and hold up all the GOP legislation until McCarthy agrees to a better deal with the budget bills, appropriation bills. And as I've noted, it, it should the fight should not just be about spending levels. It should be about the policies as well. So why am I the only one talking about this? This should be all hands on deck. You have finally had, for the first time in my lifetime, a cohesive group of House conservatives willing to use every leverage point they have to blow up leadership to force concessions. But it would be better... If you had every talk show host and the presidential candidates 
all of them, I'm, I'm calling out all of them, backing the Freedom Caucus to pressure McCarthy into a corner. My column last Thursday, I, I, I wrote up a list of eight demands that are very achievable, and one of them does include defunding the political targeting in the FBI, and that would include Trump versus, you know, prosecuting Biden for his Burisma scandal. But there's no impetus to do that. And that tells me you're not serious. Oh my gosh, we crossed the Rubicon. This is a banana republic. It's like we, we, we keep crossing the Rubicon, but then they don't do anything about it. It's like their hearings are worthless, are pathetic. And again, the biomedical security state, imagine going through Pearl Harbor, going through the Vietnam War, going through 9-11. Okay, and literally not touching it one bit. This is 100 times worse. They have not touched in hearings, in legislation, in the budget, in reauthorization bills. We have Papa, the pandemic preparedness and hazard, whatever reauthorization bill coming up, expiring in September, the same time as the FY 2024 budget. This is their leverage to say, we will not re- reauthorize the pandemic preparedness. That's BARDA. That's the Assistant HHS Secretary on Pandemic Preparedness. All that stuff, the, the national vaccine stockpile. I have a list of uh, about a dozen demands in order to reauthorize that. Why am I the only one doing this? Because for them, it's not about dying on our hills. It's about talking points. It's about nonsense. It's about Mithatwamp. But even Mithatwamp, they won't fight in a meaningful way to defend him. Because they don't want it resolved. They want him to get the nomination. But what I'm telling you is it's stupid because it's very unlikely he'll win the general election. But I mean, you look at what has happened since the debt ceiling deal. Did you know that Janet Yellen has serviced another four, she's issued another $450 billion in debt just from June 6th, June uh, 2nd to June 8th. $450 billion in debt in six days. And then another, they've already just to begin the week, I, I saw between all the different short term, long term treasuries held auctions for, I, I want to say $278 billion more. So, I mean, that's easily going to hit $700 billion in new debt. We're going to blow through about a trillion within a month. You cannot imagine the degree of inflation. So we'll see what happens today with the Federal Reserve if they raise interest rates to 5%, another you know 25 basis points. But the reality is inflation is going to run away. And we're caught between this bank insolvency and inflation. Remember when the Feds announced this new BTTF, BTTF like bailout program, but don't call it a bailout for the banks? Their new emergency loan facility? It just hit $100 billion in usage. It basically lets banks receive par for their devalued assets. So, I mean, it's straight up a, a, a bailout. So they'll turn 50, 60 cents into a dollar without other banks knowing they're distressed. It's all done in secret. So other banks will continue you know, deal, doing business with them on the assumption that they're solvent, but they're not. 
So it, it's a perfect band-aid. It, it's the perfect thing our government likes to do. But in the long run, it's going to create, you know, a crisis that will make the subprime mortgages and things like that from the old uh, 2008 recession look like nothing. So we got crushed with this debt ceiling deal that's going to induce even more inflation, more bank insolvency. And the more inflation there is, the more they're going to be inclined to uh, raise rates. But then the more they do that, the more it crushes the banks, the more they have these bank bailouts where they basically mask the insolvency. This is so unsustainable. Oh, and, and also another thing I wanted to read to you. Remember the IRS cuts? So they gave the IRS in the Green New Deal, they gave them $78 billion in funding. That's like insane. Because literally the operating budget of the IRS, I want to say is $10, $11 billion a year. <laughs> so you give them a $78 billion. So they, they didn't even know what to do with it. It would take a long time to spend it. So they were never going to spend that in one year. So this bill that they deal with cuts like $1.8 billion out of the $78 billion, but then there's this side handshake deal to really cut $20 billion. So first of all, it's a side handshake bill, but even with that, um, there's a quote I saw, I forget, was it was a Bloomberg or somewhere else, Douglas O'Donnell, he's one of the IRS deputy commissioners, he said at a June 8th conference at New York's, at NYU's uh, School of Professional Studies, we're working now to figure out what this $20 billion cut even means. We don't know exactly what it's going to look like, but we do think our our original plan for the first five years is going to hold, and it's going to be in the further out years that we have more of a challenge to deal, deal with the reduction. In other words, they were never going to have enough money to spend it immediately. So in the first five years, they're going to be able to spend whatever they're going to spend and weaponize that agency and target you as much as they want. So the only cuts you would have, and again, they're not cuts, they're cuts to the new tranche of money from the IRA, not to be mixed up with uh, your retirement account. I mean, the Inflation Reduction Act, the uh, which is a misnomer, it's the Green New Deal. So it would be in the out years, and the, the, they have no fear of that. They're going to win office by then and, and deal with that then. It is a complete bait and switch. So these guys are justified in being upset with McCarthy, how come I am the only one giving them cover? Too much substance, takes too many brain cells, too much policy to focus on. This is the linchpin to everything we care about. If you believe we can't wait another day that we are in peril from a weaponized government against its own people, which I do, I believe it much more so than all those people crying about the Trump indictment, then we have an obligation to do something right now. Die on something something substantive. Make it broader. Make it about the targeting of Daniel Penny, the man who stood up for all those cowards on, on the subway who wouldn't do anything about this guy attacking people. And again, Trump was like, I don't know if he did the right thing. Wishy-washy. Because it's all about himself. So I'm not going to fall into the trap of covering for a man who just cares about himself, but I'm neither going to fall on upon the trap of because I don't like what he's doing to us, I'm going to somehow defend the indictment either. We're going to weigh everything on its own merits. 
plow our own path forward. But there's another important thing, and I've mentioned this before. In addition to leverage, so in other words, typically the problem with leverage is everyone's like, well, Daniel, we can't, we just have the House, it's a narrow majority, and we don't have enough votes to pass whatever you want out of the Senate and have it signed by the president. And that's true. But what I noted before is in order to pass a budget bill, Biden needs the White House, the Senate, and the House to pass a budget. So that's where you have the leverage. On the bills that they feel they need and must pass, they need all three branches. So as long as you have one branch, and the House is the stronger one because the Senate's muddled, you really need 60 votes in each direction. So the House you control with a simple majority, and they have that. And the issue is a winning issue, and you have a winning message for it. And Biden is a comatose president, and he is unpopular against everyone except if he runs against Trump. So here's the deal. It's not just a budget bill. There's reauthorization bills. If you don't reauthorize something that is slated to expire, it expires on its own. We talked about the FISA warrantless uh, search powers. They will go away at the end of the year. The House Judiciary Committee has identified more than 278,000 times ahead of the 2020 elections that American citizens were targeted by FISA. So, you know, that is the core of the whole Russian hoax scandal, the DNC memo, Peter Strzok, Paige Carter. There should be a unified voice to not reauthorize FISA without severe reforms. But did you know that there are over 1,100 unauthorized programs? See, like I said before, a lot of our statutes are actually good. It's, we don't follow them. Our whole point is, how does government run amok on autopilot, and we need control of all three branches to even fix it? It's not true. The answer is you don't. Most of the critical programs are sunsetted. Our government, our Congress rightfully would only authorize them for, let's say, five years. Now, you might ask, well, then why are we where we are? So I want to play, and this is a little bit long here. It's a two-minute clip, but it's worth listening to all of it. There was this Western CPAC conference. Ken Buck, he's a congressman from Colorado. He is one of the 11 Republicans holding up the business of the House until we get a better commitment from McCarthy, he mentioned another point of leverage aside from the budget bills, the reauthorization bills. Take a listen here. And folks, I don't know. We have 1,118 programs, okay? 1,118 programs that are unauthorized in the federal government. So what does unauthorized mean? It means when they passed a program like the Endangered Species Act in 1973, it had a five-year sunset on it. It went down, finished over in five years, unless it was reauthorized. So in 1978, it was reauthorized. It has not been reauthorized since. And every year, we increase the spending to the Endangered Species Act. There's 1,118 programs like that in the federal government. 
So we have a House rule that we pass every Congress, Republicans and Democrats. You can't appropriate money to an unauthorized program. Makes sense, right? We waive that rule in every appropriations bill. And we appropriate to these unauthorized programs. So here's the question for you. Republicans, the speaker said when he wanted to be speaker, spending is my number one priority. How many hearings do you think our committees or subcommittees have had on unauthorized programs to make sure that we're not wasting money um, and to take a hard look at these 1,118 programs? Anybody want to take a guess out there? How many programs? Zero. Zero. We've been in power five months and we have looked at zero unauthorized programs. Folks, we are, it is a bipartisan bankruptcy. I understand why in Colorado the largest voting block are unaffiliated voters. I get that because both parties are at fault. And if we don't start to develop muscle memory on how to spend less, how to be fiscally responsible, we're never going to get it done, and we're going to see our country vanish. That's, that's the sad reality. I mean, by the way, I'm a very happy person. <laughs> so, folks, that is huge, and I applaud Ken Buck for noting this. 1,118 unauthorized programs. What happens is they fund them without authorization. Congress doesn't have to fund them. Now that they have control of the House. Moreover, as I noted, there's a waiver. The committee chairman of the authorizing committee has to sign a waiver for the appropriation committee to fund a program. It could be a welfare program like SNAP or TANF. It could be an agency like the FBI. It could be a program like warrantless you know, searches. You know, he mentioned the Endangered Species Act. We have a lot of bad things uh, being done environmentally, shutting down, you know, energy programs, shutting down land development for stupidity that is not even in the bill, but they use the bill for it. This stuff expires. Okay? So that leverage needs to be used. In other words... Everyone's like, we have a banana republic. We're going to die. They're going after Mitta Trump. So what I'm saying is, we can't wait until 2025. And frankly, if your agenda is to elevate Trump to the nomination, well, he's not going to... I mean, I don't want to say never. You never know what could happen. But it's very irresponsible to rely on him winning the general election. The reality is that the media is stacked against us. So if you have a scandal of the left and a scandal of Trump you know, or any Republican for that matter, but Trump makes it much worse, they're going to focus on that. So the stupid independent voters, the swing voters, are going to fall for it. But what history has shown is, and you see it in all the polling, they're not exactly where the Democrats are. They're somewhere in the middle. So if you have a guy that is articulate, clean, now they're going to try to make him unclean. I, I don't disagree with the Trump people saying that they're going to do this to everyone, and they have, and they will. Remember Bush's Hitler? I mean, it's nothing new. But you have to go with your best foot forward. You have to die on your hill, on your policy, your messaging, not some narcissistic, undisciplined, retarded 
musings. I mean, the guy sounds so insane, it's hard for people like us to support him. But certainly when you go to independent voters, as much as if you poll them on Biden, they say he's a failure, you pull him up to Trump. Trump, they just will not vote for Trump. Could it change? Maybe. But after 2020 and 2022, you, you can't really assume that. 2018 as well. We have three elections in a row. So you're not going to get it anyway. But my point is, I don't care. You support Trump, DeSantis, don't care. I don't care. We should all unify around what we should do right now. And right now, it's having the hearings focus on substance as the anvil, to, as the hammer to drive into the anvil of not reauthorizing bad programs without reforms. And not funding bad programs that you don't need to. And that, they absolutely have the leverage to do. You look at the polling data on the issues, and we're winning the issues. You know, one of them is the trannyism. Imagine if we had a knockdown, dragged out fight. And, and really, the trannyism is in every area of government. But let's just say the State Department Appropriations Bill... Um, Justice Department, and certainly HHS and the Department of Education. This is the first so-called social cultural issue that we've moved the needle back. So there's been a number of polls that have done this, but there's this big, very comprehensive PRRI study of 5,000 American adults. They asked the same questions in 2021 and 2023. So we're talking about just a two-year spread. Two-year spread. And the amount of Americans who believe that there's only two genders, basically, it went from 59% to 65 That is a big shift. Among Hispanics, it went from 56 to 66 Ten-point spread in ten years among Hispanic voters. That's very critical when you lean in on that issue. And you think about, you know, the Rio Grande Valley. Certainly when you throw on the invasion, the illegal immigration too. For blacks, it went from 65 to 70. For those with only a high school degree, no college, it went from 62 to 73. By the way, an interesting thing is, right now, if you ask people, you know, do you believe that you know, gender is, is fixed at birth, only two genders, something like that, Gen X actually has the highest percentage on the right side. So every other question on this issue and every other issue it's literally a, a straight line. So the older you get, the more conservative, the younger you get, the more liberal. Gen X is really, this is really where we're going to save this country, I think. Um, but anyway, we've moved in the right direction. When it comes to uh, the transgender sports stuff, 69% according to Gallup say they should not compete. That's up from 62% just two years ago. So clearly what you're seeing is that the polling is getting better commensurate with how ubiquitous it is. Meaning, the prevalence of the trannyism is much worse. It's exploded the last few years, so the backlash is exploding. But let me warn you, we've been in this position before. We've been in this position before. We're at a, we're, we're at a crossroads. We could shift the Overton window back, or we could affirm the current window, but just temporarily stop the expansion. Meaning if you only focus on female sports, then what you're going to allow them to do, it's kind of like doing a surgery. Certain like brain surgeries, like you want to cut out a tumor. 
So you get one shot at it and to try to remove the whole thing. But if you remove the easiest part of it, then it's extremely difficult, if not impossible, to get the parts that are most entangled in the nerves and hardest to get to. And that's the thing. We could use the backlash against the most absurd, destructive, maniacal things that the tranny agenda is doing now to affirm our values on everything, extirpate the entire homosexual agenda from all areas of government. State, certainly in the red states, we need to do that. You'd be surprised. I mean, all, you know, except for Florida, most of the red states, if you go to their Department of Health, the Department of Education, they're still promoting this type of stuff. Public schools are still promoting this type of stuff. There's no enforcement. And certainly at the federal level. Imagine if we had a defund fight on something like this. Now is the time to do it. Shift that Overton window back. Don't just be like, oh, ha, 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 the left did overreach. It's like anything in any, any trend line. You don't go, it's not a straight line up. So you meet some resistance. So the left, I mean, it's like that with gay marriage too, if you remember. They lost in all 30 states. But then Republican opposition collapsed and they won. You know, so yeah, the most radical elements of the current version, sure, they know a supermajority opposes it, and it might stall that agenda for two, three years. And then they'll go right back and do it. And that is what is so dangerous about the Mar-a-Lago, Rick Greenell, Bruce Jenner crowd. They want to enshrine the Overton window, but just say, hey, we're not going to expand it to castration of minors and female sports. But otherwise, we're fine. We celebrated. We're fine, you know, celebrating the concept that there's gender fluidity. That that's what Rick Greenell and Bruce Jenner believe in. They that they are at the top of Trump's orbit and Carrie Lake's orbit. Carrie Lake's top two political people are log cabin Republicans that have what to do with Bruce Jenner. I hate to say it, but that's the reality. That is very concerning. You elevate Trump, you play into the Biden administration's hands. Oh, they're, they're persecuted. They're not stupid. The polling over the weekend affirmed this. It plays horribly for Trump among indies. It plays amazing for him among the GOP base. They want him to get the nomination so he could lose in the general. But if we're going to lose, could we at least fight on the trannyism, on the biomedical security state? On the border. On the targeting, not just of Trump, but of all of us. And use the budget bills. Use the reauthorization bills. Have an inflection moment, a reckoning. With a partial government shutdown. Now is the perfect time to have a government shutdown. Because we, you never notice the difference. No one gives a darn. Oh, the federal workers, give me a break. They get paid back. If you told me you would be off for a month and you just have to make sure you have more money in your checking account but then you'll get paid back later. Believe me, I'd take as long as I can go with an unpaid temporarily vacation only to get paid later. But the point is, we suffered a shutdown of the private economy, of our private lives, of humanity, of seniors basically being shut down, never living a life, never going to life cycle events. And you think we're, the people are going to give a darn about 
you know, a shutdown of the Department of Commerce. Give me a break. But these are the types of issues we need to focus on. These are the leverage points and the strategies. And I'm just talking about the feds. The states, there's so much they can do. Like I said, to push back against the Green New Deal, stop funding the solar, the the wind, batteries, carbon capture. We're going to have a show later this week. South Dakota. South Dakota is still going on. Christy Nome just told someone to drop dead. It's not my fault to save your, your, not my prerogative to save your property. In reality, she's in on it because all of her, her former chief of staff is the top lawyer for Summit Carbon Solutions that's stealing everyone's land. But we could just say, Mr. Twomp, 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 Twomp. To what end? To what end? Again, I'm not agreeing with the prosecution, just the opposite. I'm saying the only effective way of dealing with this is focusing on the issues and actually and the leverage points. Because A, you actually solve the policy, and B, you de-emphasize Trump's unpopular personality and make it more about the broader issue, which is more popular with the voters, particularly the swing voters. That it's it's the right thing to do. It's also the more political, auspicious thing to do as well. So that's with those issues. Oh, and one more thing before we get to the last segment, just on that reauthorization, the the ultimate reauthorization is the NDAA, the National Defense Authorization Act. That's our entire defense stuff. And the House um, Armed Services Subcommittees this week are beginning their markup of that. And I'm like looking at their messaging and you would think, oh my gosh, this is their time. They they got control of the house. They're going to deal with all of the woke and social engineering in, in the military. A, what is your strategic vision? Why do we even have a military? What are our threats? What do you need it for? And B, dealing with all the internal problems. But no, all they care about is $842 billion is not enough money, evidently. So they need even more. And again, you know, there's authorizing bills, there's appropriation bills. Authorization bills are supposed to be for policy, not just spending figures. But what it, what are the values of the military? Um, number two, they won't even question what the heck we're doing in Ukraine. If, if, if anything, a lot of the members want more money for it. And it's all about procure, procurement and funding. Not about policies and a strategic vision. Now they'll, they'll scare us. Oh, China! We need to. We need more money because of China. China. No, no. no. How, how about we understand what exactly we want to use our military for, and we deal with the issues internally with the generals, the social engineering, the anti-Christian dogma, obviously the tranny stuff, the global warming stuff, which is a big problem in the military. So there's a lot of leverage here. I want to make that clear. I know I'm getting a little bit into the weeds here, but when you talk about, oh, we only have one branch of government, people think, oh, well, this is horrible. It'd be great if we could repeal this, repeal that, but you, to repeal, you need the House, the Senate, the White House. It, a lot of this stuff self-repeals. I mean, ultimately, everything does over the year because of um, appropriations, because if you can't fund it, then there's nothing. But even authorization for the actual existence of the agency, um, it resets every year. It resets. I mean, not every year, sometimes every five years. In the case of defense, it's every year. Um, 
So there's there's a lot going on there that we need to focus on. But just last last segment here, wanted to just do a brief update on the COVID stuff. Um, two Epic Times articles. Number one, there is a study out in pediatrics from the American Academy of Pediatrics Journal on June 6th. They found 104 children under six suffered a seizure within 42 days of the shot. That's a pretty big deal. I know it's a large sample size, but if they're willing to admit that much, um, these are researchers at the at, at CDC themselves admitted this, strokes, blood clot disorders, appendicitis they found. Um, they analyzed these health records from Vaccine Safety Data Link. That's the CDC-funded network that... Uh, and the site's operated by Kaiser and a couple of these other uh, private, so-called private entities. And then another interesting thing is, not coincidentally, the autopsy rate in 2020 reached a record low of 7.4%, meaning the percentage of dead people that they performed autopsy, the lowest dating back to really on record. This is from the National Center for Health Statistics. It's, a, I guess, a sub-agency under CDC. And what's interesting is they distinguish between two types of autopsies, hospital or clinical autopsies, um, you know, and then um, and mediacological autopsies ordered by legal officials. So, you know, investigating the data. So those have not gone down, really. That's stagnant. But what's interesting is the ones ordered by hospitals and doctors is down. So isn't it interesting that at the time we need them most, they're down? And they do not want us to get to the bottom of this. And again, there is no Republican interested in getting to the bottom of this that I could see. Truly, truly pathetic. Um, very earth-shattering report here. Not report, but article. Peter Doshi, he's the uh, editor of the British Medical Journal, along with two other writers, wrote an opinion piece in, at thehill.com basically saying how they beg the FDA to change their labeling, right? Their label still, as I've said this before, there's not a single person who disagrees that there are a lot of side effects. You know, they might disagree about the magnitude of it, but nobody disagrees with a lot of side effects, and nobody disagrees with the fact that it doesn't stop transmission. Now, it doesn't stop critical illness either, and certainly not now, but but I'm saying what the government itself has recognized. Yet the FDA label is still, it's literally false. They belong in jail. So they basically tried, they said in January, a group of us, current and former FDA advisors and academics from around the country, tried to fix this problem by asking the FDA to make critical changes to the official label. Four months later, in a 33-page response, the agency denied almost every single request. In doing so, the FDA failed to follow the lead of regulators elsewhere, including in Europe and Japan, you know, where they updated it. Um, the FDA also failed to warn about the documented risk of sudden death, even though myocarditis is now a well-recognized side effect. The FDA rejected our request, arguing that the evidence is not sufficient to demonstrate causal uh, causal association between sudden cardiac death and vaccination. So this is what they're doing even as they're labeling an RSV shot for Pfizer. 
where are the congressional investigations on this? But more importantly, where are they in defunding the COVID shots? And where are they in the reauthorization? Again, we have this Pandemic and Hazard Preparedness Act that goes belly up. To be very clear, you need three branches of government to pass something new just like you need three branches of government to repeal something old. But if something that is already in government is slated to expire, then that becomes like a new bill. You need a new bill. So they need the House, which is controlled by Republicans, to reauthorize that. They're not doing it. Oh, and by the way, one other thing. Um, uh, Naked Emperor, his substack. He pointed this out. You know, we talked about in Scotland, they breached the upper bounds of the safety signals on neonatal deaths. So those these are deaths after the birth of the baby, infant mortality, twice. And they still have no, they said it's not COVID, but they don't know what it is. And they have no intention of looking at the vaccination status of the mothers. Very interesting. Even though now we know from the European medical uh, agency's documents, the EMU uh, post-marketing pharmacovigilance documents, we now know that they knew from day one this transfers through the placenta and they were seeing major problems at all stages of pregnancy and birth. But anyway, now he, um, he, here at his uh, substack, he pointed out for April 2023, they now breached the upper bounds, 113% increase from the previous month in stillbirth, so that's before, that's earlier on, so the same thing they experienced with neonatal, now they're experiencing with stillbirths, um, it is basically at 6.1 per thousand, that's 22 stillbirths in Scotland, by the way, the Scottish president, former president, who was the biggest lockdown chief there, was was now arrested on financial corruption, but anyway, um, the only other time this warning limit had been breached in the last seven years was July 2020, just after the lockdown. So this is really, really abnormal. The 2023 spike is 32% higher than the previously abnormal high during the lockdown in 2020. So we got a problem, folks. Again, this is just a smattering of issues that we could talk about from global warming stuff, the Green New Deal, destroying our way of life, cost of living, borders, safety, culture, bodies, minds, souls. It's all on the line. I want to know what we're going to do about it, not elevate the capricious personality of one man. And if you're going to use that as the earth-shattering event, do something about it. Do something about it. I'm going to continue to lay out these leverage points. We'll have some guests on later this week. Let me know. If you disagree, Daniel Horowitz at startmail.com. Or if you agree, if you have something to add, subtract, at RM Conservative on Twitter. Till tomorrow, God bless you all. And thank you for listening.